Our sermon this afternoon is from Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, Where Your Treasure Is. I thought I was going to get a break. <clears throat> Good afternoon, everyone. Here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. These words have much meaning in regard to our spiritual life and our goals. And these are words that direct us if we believe toward treasures, treasures in heaven, which tells us that there are treasures in heaven. Or an accumulation of things we have yet to see or hope to see. So these are rewards for faithful service. Now these treasures, and you know when you think about treasures, you can think of all sorts of maybe material things. And that is also a possibility of those treasures in heavens. But also the spiritual things that are there that are awaiting us. So how... Motivated are we? The word of God is what we have to look to. His wisdom. Because his wisdom is better than strength. In the book of Ecclesiastes. I don't have this written down there on your handout. But in Ecclesiastes 9.11 it says. I returned and saw under the sun. That the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. For man also knows not his time as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. So we see that man's ability cannot guarantee the results because of the equalizing effects of time and chance. There are probably a lot of Oklahoma fans who are hoping this comes to pass this time tonight, next week, because they are supposed to get really whopped up by the Alabama Crimson Tide. And there's that chance, however, that they may win. I'm not going to put my heart into it. I'd like to see him win. But then again, you never know. But time and chance does happen. And the words that we're looking at today are motivating thoughts about those spiritual treasures that are ahead. More than any uh, national trophy that uh, 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 mortals may win between now and then. So the wisdom of God in his word is what we look to as the motivating force behind the things that we do, behind the things uh, that we practice in our religion. Now, you may have heard at one time or another the expression that uh, saying, you've got to have heart. You've got to believe. You've got to uh, have faith. You've got to have heart. Or maybe uh, you've heard someone say, <clears throat> say to you, well, I can see your heart is not in it. Or... 
he or she has uh, the heart of a winner. Or perhaps you heard, heard someone say to you, bless your heart. Or I give you my heart. Or hear someone say of another, that person's heart is as cold as ice. Things like that. And you hear it in songs a lot. The word heart is used in the scriptures to indicate many attitudes or of the mind with its various kinds of affections and reactions toward things in life. The Greek word for heart is cardia. Cardia. And it pertains to the thought or feelings of the mind. And it is often a word uh, we use to describe a person's feelings or their capacity to have love and compassion and their, or their mood, their attitude, their courage, their enthusiasm towards something or someone in life of which it may be said they have a good heart or maybe they have a bad heart. Now the purpose of this, of this sermon is to see that we make sure that our heart is in the right place. Because, you know, many, I think, will agree that if your heart is not into something, then you are probably wasting your time and energy. So having heart is about how we feel in our mind towards something or someone. And we know <clears throat> the way we think and, uh, and whatever treasure in life uh, uh, can make a difference. If we have the right motivation, if we are looking to those things that really have uh, a treasure in the end that we are responding to. You know, our heart does beat faster according to whatever uh, uh, stimulus comes our way. And this treasure that is in heaven, though it seems far away and it's kind of hard to understand, these things should also give us cause for, uh, you know, a cardia, a heart, our heart to beat. But we also know that a broken or worried heart can hinder us in many ways. So we also know that, you know, the matters of the heart, the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act in response <clears throat> uh, may seem right in the end, but they do, they can mislead us in, to our own uh, destruction or in the wrong direction. Jeremiah chapter 17 says, verse 9, that the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart, your innermost being is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We can be fooled by the way we think. Who can know it? So, in a way, this tells us not to trust our own heart unless we have, you know, explored the ins and outs of everything that we are planning or thinking. Sometimes we put all our heart into something that sounds really good. It looks good and it's worthy of much praise, yet it can be the wrong thing to do or turn out to be the wrong thing. Verse 10, it says... I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So he has his eyes on all. He watches, he sees. 
And he searches the heart. He searches yours. And he searches mine. So any test or trial that comes into our life. Is the Lord's means for examining our motives. Our desires. Personal feelings to see if they still agree with his will. In spite of whatever adversity presents itself. So sometimes when you, you feel like your heart might be faltering physically, you know, you go to the heart doctor to put you on the treadmill to see how much you can stand. That way you get to know where your heart is, how your heart is beating. So it's important then that our heart, our spiritual heart, be inclined to the Lord at all times, especially through all trials and temptations. In Joshua 20, chapter 24, the hearts of the people were not always right with God. Sometimes in our own life, our hearts are not always right with God. But God's people were tempted. They were pulled away by the quaint delights of and practices of the people, of the foreign gods that were around them. And Joshua said in verse 13, I have given you a land for which you did not labor. Cities which you built not and you dwell in them. Of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not do you eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served. That were on the other side of the flood. Or the gods of the Amorites. In whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. So there's a, there's a, a, a choice to be made. Whether you want to serve. Uh, foreign gods. Idolatries. Other sins and uh, things that were. That caused the people. To fall into uh, destruction. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went. And among all the people whom we passed. So you have to look back, you have to see how God has blessed us. God has blessed the nation, have given them things that, you know, that they really didn't earn. But God blessed them because of their obedience. But the Lord drove out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwell in the land. Therefore, will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Takes a lot of heart. A lot of belief, a lot of faith to say those words. For he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt. He will do you hurt and consume you. After that he has done you good. So the people said to Joshua. Nay but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people. 
You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen, you the Lord, and to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So incline your heart unto the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. Verse, as verse 23 says, yield or incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. So many of the trials and the problems in life can be overcome when our hearts are inclined or yielded toward the Lord God and yielded unto his will. So we can look at the commandments over in Exodus 20, which we won't do, but uh, here's where we can find what the will of God is that gives us blessing. But in Psalm chapter 34, verse 11, Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against, however, them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Sometimes in, in, our, in our past, when we come across a trial or trouble or uh, an illness or, uh, of some sort, it says the righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. And some have experienced that in our very life. And the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save such as be of a contrite spirit. So <clears throat> from time to time we let our hearts, we let our feelings take over and lead us in spite of our, our better judgment. Then we find ourselves in the midst of trouble and tears. So what then are we, are we to do? Psalm 51.17 says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So we confess our faults and pray to God. Verse 19 says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So we can take heart in these scriptures that motivate us to keep our faith no matter what uh, trials or problems that we might have in life. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. This book of Hebrews, it tells us that God is a living person. Now there are those who disbelieve, who doubt and refuse to believe his words and promises that he is there to help people along. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Take heed brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. 
that is a, you know a deliberate departure from the living God and his revealed word and apostasy this apostasy this departure how does it take place first it takes place in the heart because perhaps a lack of prayer a lack of Bible study or fellowship or assembly or just not walking in the spirit of God or keeping the commandments you know you let one commandment go the others begin to fall right behind it but verse 13 but exhort one another daily that is encourage one another encourage your friend your spouse your brethren in the faith while ye have time now to do so while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin now we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end while it is said today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts as in the provocation so when we hear the word of God when it is read from uh, the Bible or when we look at it and read it to ourselves we must not harden our hearts to what is being said and spoken as in the provocation for some when they had heard did provoke howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses but with whom he was he grieved for 40 years <clears throat> was it not with them that had sin whose carcasses fell in the wilderness and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest but to them that believed not so we see that they could not enter in because of a heart of unbelief I have a reference there on your handout to Hebrews 4 1 through 7 uh, I'm going to skip the, those uh, scriptures and go on down to Mark chapter 7 so that I don't uh, go over time Mark chapter 7 uh, verse 14 and when he had called all the people unto him he said unto them hearken unto me every one of you and understand there's nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him but the things which come out of him those are the things that defile the man if any man ha have ears to hear let him hear when these words are spoken sometimes uh, you know you, you had to scratch your head a little bit and and think uh, well what what is uh, what is he getting at what's behind these words and when he was entered into the house from the people his disciples asked him concerning the parable and he said unto them are you so without understanding also do you not perceive that whatsoever things from without enters into the man it cannot defile him because it enters not into his heart but into the belly and goes out into the draught purging all meats or all foods and he said that which comes out of the man that defiles the man for from within out of the heart of men proceed these things evil thoughts adulteries fornications murders thefts covetousness wickedness deceit lasciviousness an evil eye blasphemy pride foolishness all these evil things come from within they defile the man they defile the person be that person young or be that person old 
and able to know right from wrong. But there are those who boast of their evil, who stubbornly refuse to believe and heed God's word and his authority. And somehow people just have a way of just shutting it out or it flies past their heads and it makes no impression, impression upon them. The world today is filled with such transgression. But we know that the time will come when uh, correction will come in this present age. You know, sometimes uh, a lot of people are corrected for their, for their uh, wrong deeds. But we for certainty know that in the age to come it will also be like that. There's a scripture, uh, I don't recall where it is, but it says that it is a, a fearsome thing to fall into the hands of the Lord God. Ezekiel chapter 11, son of man, said God to Ezekiel, son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land. And I'm okay. I think sometimes, you know, that's what happened. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen and they were dispersed throughout the countries. According to their way and according to their doings, I judged them. And when they entered into the heathen, where they went, they, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of his land, but I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen where they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, uh, Do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen where you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned, in the midst of them, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Verse 24, I will take you from among the heathen, gather you out of all the countries, and will bring you into your own land. Verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? Went blank, didn't it? A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statute. That I gave your fathers and you shall be my people. 
Then shall you remember, in verse 31, you shall remember <clears throat> your own evil ways and your doings that were not good. And you shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. So, <clears throat> if one thinks that they are getting away with evil thoughts and, and other sins, uh, these will be brought to remembrance. And they will loathe themselves. In Luke chapter 24, this was after the women had reported that Jesus was not in the tomb and the heavy stone had been rolled away. Luke 24, verse 12, Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three uh, score furlongs, you know, about maybe seven miles. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and he went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. You know, his appearance was such that they did not recognize him. Verse 17, and he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have among yourselves as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered, said unto him, Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? <clears throat> and he said unto them, What things? And they said, unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and how our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel and beside all this today is the third day since these things were done yeah, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he, Jesus, was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. This story is recited <clears throat> today because there are some who are slow of heart to believe that Jesus was resurrected and how he filled all that was spoken by the prophets. The expression lay it to heart, it describes an attitude of acceptance to the eternal's direction and to his guidance. And that person he or she uh, will apply what he reads or hears as a personal message to put into their life. I heard Steve mention this particular verse at the funeral the other day. And he was giving listeners something to think about, something to lay to heart from the word of God. From Ecclesiastes 7.2, it says... It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting for that is the end of all men and the living will lay it to heart. 
They'll think about it. They'll apply it to their life. But as we know, people do suffer. They mourn. They have pain. They get sick. And this is not just people who are up in age, but it also includes the young. Babies, youngsters, the teens, the young adults. And we ourselves sometimes suffer from various afflictions. And there are things that 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 uh, we lay our heart to that affect our attitude for the sufferings of others. And it softens our heart. It helps us to understand and helps us to have compassion toward others. You know, Job, we can suppose that Job had everything going for him. He is prosperous, perhaps in the pink of health, well-known, industrious, but self-righteous, perfect in his own eyes and without fault until the eternal allowed trouble and sorrows to come upon him all of which eventually led Job to become more tender to become more gentle and that there was no pride or hardness or self-sufficiency self or self-righteousness that remained in his heart in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 we see God's innermost feeling in regard to his relationship with his children verse 5 And God saw that the wickedness of man, Genesis 6, verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, every living thing, for it repents me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Mark chapter 7, verse 14. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from outside a man that entering into him can defile him, But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile him. Any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And so we see where the disciples had asked him uh, concerning this parable. And that in verse uh, 21, for uh, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and murders, and all these evil things that come. From within man, those are the things that defile. Some, of course, have a stony heart that will not that they will not that will not allow them to go the right way or do the right thing. And that does that will lead to repercussions. Zechariah chapter seven, verse eight. The word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother and oppress not the widow nor the fatherless the stranger nor the poor and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart but they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear yea they made their hearts as an adamant stone lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit 
by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Had an adamant stone that refused. They were refusing to change their mind. They were obstinate. They were rebellious. Verse 13, therefore it came to pass that as he cried, and they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they did not know. Thus the land was desolate after them, that no man passed through, nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. Proverbs 4.19 tells us that the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not... Uh, they know not at what they stumble. And in verse 20. My son attend unto my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life. Unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Put away from you a forward mouth and perverse lips put it far from you let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you ponder the path of your feet and let all the ways be established all your ways be established turn not to the right hand nor to the left remove your foot from evil Go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. But above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the Peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be you thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. And the Father by him. So sometimes we may find our hearts not functioning properly. And we wonder what to do. Psalm 51. We go to God in prayer. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors, transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted unto you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open you my lips. My mouth shall show forth your praise. For you desire not sacrifice, else would I give it. You delight not in burnt offerings. 
sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. So where your heart is, Matthew chapter 6 tells us to lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, there in verse 19, where moth and rust does corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth nor rust can corrupt, and where thieves don't break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <clears throat> no man in verse 24 can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon so there's a conflict of interest your heart has to be in the right place and holding to that which is good after God had spoken his commandments over in Deuteronomy chapter 5, he said in verse 29, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. In Matthew 22, we, we read of where Jesus, where Jesus was asked in verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments. Hang all the law and the prophets. Uh, these two scriptures that. Uh, I don't know if you have that on your handout. But it. One is in reference to 2 Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 22, where it says, To flee youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, within that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And another reference to Hebrews uh, 10, uh, verse 22, it says, To let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So we know that God searches <clears throat> our heart, that he gives us tests and he examines us and he knows where our heart is and he knows where our treasure is. <clears throat> In Revelation chapter 3, familiar with this particular church verse 14 and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things saith the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God I know your works that you're neither cold nor hot I would that you were cold or hot now make up your mind put your heart into it or do something else but God searches our hearts. Deuteronomy chapter 10. <clears throat> closing scripture. And now Israel. What does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God. To walk in all his ways. And to love him. 
and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his, and his statutes which I command thee this day for your good. 